What is up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Y'all got a little spunk today. I like it. We got a little energy. It's awesome. Then, then when I said that, y'all just went, I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, I want to say a couple quick things, and then we got to start rolling. The first thing is, I'm very thankful for awesome worship. Are y'all? When I point the mic, this is what I want y'all to do. Listen, I'm going to teach y'all something, and then y'all can get back with me. When I point the mic like this, that means I want y'all to talk. All right, so here we go. Are y'all thankful for some awesome worship? Listen, if there's anybody here that has been at four points since Pizza Inn and you didn't cheer at the top of your lungs right now, I'm going to hunt you down because you know who you are and the Lord knows we're thankful. All right. Anyway, and I just want to say another word of gratitude and I would love for y'all to just yell and scream. You can do it quickly, but I'm just letting y'all know, man, a lot of people have spent a lot of time and I'm talking about like midnight more 1 a.m., 2 a.m., more often than not, honestly, recently, people that work here and, like Austin, and people that don't. Honestly, that's what's amazing is there's been so many of you that volunteer and have come up here. From my heart, from my heart as the pastor of this house, I just want to say how grateful I am. And I want y'all to give a hand for how much. Let me stop. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I might have to change my message right there because I just think y'all aren't grateful. And if you're a guest with us, you don't have to be because we can, but thank you for being here. But like, come on, people. Like if this is our house of worship and people have been working here 50 hours over their worship time, is that really the culture of honor that we want to bring? Or is it better than football and better than a touchdown? And we want to thank people because listen, hey, check this out. Check this out. Thank you. Hey, listen. I'm going to pray for some of y'all because y'all are miserable, but I love you. And, if, and I'm not talking to anybody that doesn't go to church here. I'm talking about the people that this is your house of worship. Whew. Y'all might need this one today because we're going to have fun. Do y'all want to have some fun today? Y'all want to have some fun? Good, because we're going to. All right, show of hands, and I need your interaction right now, seriously. So if you don't do it, and I know who you are, so I'm going to call you by name if this is you, okay? How many of y'all... Back in the day, y'all were mature little children. I'm talking about from like, wait, from like six. People used to say, he is such a good boy. He's so mature. Eight, 10, 12 years old. If it was you, don't lie now. If it wasn't you, I'm going to call you out on the other end. If it was you and you were mature, please tell the truth. Raise your hand as high as you can. You were that person. You didn't get in trouble in class as high as you can. I need to see your hand. You didn't get in trouble in class. You were mature. Put your hands down. I want you to know, listen, listen. I love all of you. What I'm about to say is past tense. I didn't like any of y'all back in the day, okay? I'm just letting y'all know this. I didn't like any of you. Because here's the deal. I was that dude that y'all used to tell shush. Y'all remember that? If you're in school today, there's several of you. I'm looking at you, or if you're, maybe you don't do it. I don't know. They don't do it anymore. I think it's still a, a disease and people do it, but this doesn't help. Can I just, I'm just putting this out there. This got nothing to do with the message. Don't do this. <laughs> what? What is that? Why do, why do people do it? Because this is what happens to people like me. You were with me. Come on, someone else. I know y'all that weren't mature. But this is what we used to do. When you would shush us, we would get louder. Or we would do this. <laughs> and then I had a good friend. He was here in the first service. He we were childhood best friends from the time I was eight, and we're still blessed to be really close friends today because we should have killed each other several times. We were like brothers, but <clears throat> when we got together, I was really mischievous and I was crazy. 
And then when we got together, it got much worse. Like I told the first service, it was like, with your powers combined, you are Captain Crazy. If y'all don't remember Captain Planet, that wasn't funny. But if you do, that was really good. So there was like seven of you that watched Captain Planet. We had rings and everything. It was awesome. But like back in the day, we used to just get together and it was worse. It was like I would talk by myself and people were all right with it. Pearson would talk by himself and people were all right with it. We would talk together. And like the devil himself would come out of the really mature people like y'all. And they'd be like, ah, hush your mouth. And we did dumb things together like, it's not dumb, so let me back up because some of y'all are going to get offended. We did things that were dumb for us to do, but they're awesome. They're amazing. All of y'all should do this. We did like, y'all remember children's choir? And I'm not talking about, wait, wait, before you judge me. I'm not talking about when your kid's four. I'm talking about when they're 11 and they really don't want to be in there, okay? Let's just be honest. Y'all remember that? Some of y'all didn't go to church growing up, and I'm so really glad that you're here and you don't know what I'm talking about. But like, like we would sit in there and we didn't want to be in there, and the teacher knew we didn't want to be in there, and the people knew we didn't want to be in there. We were terrible. But as we grew older, we started being, right? People started being a little bit more frustrated with us because this is what we did. Let me put something on the front end. Don't do this. Y'all ready? Do not. To say that Pastor Mark said, please, officer, that this was okay to do. So, yes, there's going to be p- cops involved. Do not do this. This is dumb. Now, I'm going to tell you what we did. Pierce and I did not drink. We didn't smoke. We didn't chew. We didn't date girls that do. Like, we didn't do any of that stuff, right? Well, I mean, we were good kids on the surface. And anyone that didn't know we did this probably thought we were just little Christian kids with halos on. Hmm. Not so much. Like, who remembers Super K back in the day? Super K Mart. Y'all remember Super K Mart in Spartanburg and Greenville? Super K, it was awesome. The blue light special, right? Uh, like, it was amazing. And so we would go to Super K Mart. Now, some of y'all shop for eggs by the dozen, right? Some of y'all, meaning most of y'all. If y'all don't, it's weird, right? If you have to get the, the big variety or else you like eggs, praise the Lord. But it's <laughs> kind of weird, but it's good. You can go back to the grocery store. But, like, we would... We would get, they had a box at Super K. Y'all remember it? Two and a half dozen eggs. Who remembers that box? It was like a square. Y'all remember it? We would get that box, and we would get four boxes when we would go in there. Check this out. This is going to be breakthrough for some of y'all that aren't good at math. That's 10 dozen eggs. That's 120 eggs. That's a lot. Y'all are welcome because that two and a half was messing y'all up. I could see it in your eyes, right? So we would buy 10 dozen eggs, and they'd be stacked up, and this is what we would tell them. Don't do this either, okay, before. We would tell them our parents are caterers, right, and we're, we're supposed to go get them. And because, like, we knew if we were 15 or 16, because you could drive back in the day when you were 15. Ha-ha, y'all can't. But, like, but like we, would, <laughs> we would buy 10 dozen, sometimes more, eggs, and we would go in the back of people's trucks and, like, hang out. I don't know whose truck it was, but they might be sitting on the front row and rhyme with Davin. And so, like, we would just drive around, and then most of the time we weren't angry. We just had fun throwing eggs. I was a first-team All-American at throwing an egg. I'm just telling y'all. Like, it's an art form. You can't squeeze it too tight, but you got to have it loose enough. And it's like you can't overthrow it because it snaps, and you can't underthrow it because it doesn't get there. I'm telling you, talent. Like, that's the only talent I've got, but I'm really good at throwing the yolks around. And then we would, like, sometimes it was dumb because we'd pay people back for stuff. And a lot of times we'd just do it because it was fun, just being honest. We just thought it was funny to throw eggs. So dumb, so stupid, I would have gotten arrested, especially this night. Like, I grew up right off 29, where the upward place is. It was about half a mile from the new upward place on 29 heading to Greer. 
in Spartanburg. And so my grandma's house, they cut down a bunch of trees, and it's a hill steep like this behind her house. And so we would sneak down halfway off and just lob at cars. Some of y'all got hit by that 20 years ago, and you're mad at me right now. And you have a right to be mad at me because I probably hit your car. And we didn't do it every day, but we would just get mischievous once every couple months and act like idiots. I promise y'all, Daniel goes down there one night with me, and, and he's, we've probably got six eggs each that night. And he hits a cop going 50 miles an hour right on the front windshield. And we're laughing until those blue lights come up. And we said, oh, crap. And we go running up and ran behind the house. And I don't know if the cops came or not because we hit under the bed right then in 1995. That was a long time ago. And y'all have to forgive me because it was 20 years ago. Now, when I say that, and then I'm about to tell you this, and I'm about to tell you this, y'all aren't going to think, I got a breakthrough today. Now my whole life is good, and it's, I thank you for sharing that. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> no one's surprised? Like, that's your, right? I don't, I don't really even think about it. I don't, I don't wake up some mornings and go, you know what? I got two kids and an awesome wife, and I'm the pastor of a church. I'm going to go egging people. Nope. Nope. I, honestly, it's never crossed my mind. What has crossed my mind from time to time is it would be fun. None of y'all. I'm the only one, right? But honestly, since adulthood, since my wedding night, when Davin took us out and we threw a bunch of eggs on the night before my wedding, not my wedding night, I just, woo, Leah just got mad. Like, what? I thought you were with me. I haven't done it since, Okay. Because this is why. When people grow up, even if they're immature, very immature growing up, we grow up. And it's expected that a 34-year-old man will stop throwing eggs at things. You'll stop living like a juvenile delinquent. So listen, why is it that in our personal lives, in the way we were juveniles growing up, that we believe that we should stop doing those things when we get to college and when we, when we become an adult and we just stop? And, and what your parents used to say, what are you doing? You say it now. Some of y'all are lying if you don't say, yes, we do, right? But when it comes to dating, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to sex like pornography and the way that we struggle, when it comes to the way that we deal with our spouse, we look just like Mark back in 95, don't we? Because we haven't thought it cool to mature and we don't think when we consider our own lives, of course I'm maturing in the Lord. He saved me years ago. So person that's not saved, and there's people in this room that aren't, man, we're honored that you're here, but stay with me because there's going to be some awesome news in just a minute. But for every person that is, listen, why is it so logical, so logical to not be an idiot like I used to be when it comes to juvenile things, but when it comes to the way that I treat people, we get a pass. When it comes to the way that I, that I fight with my wife and my kids watching, I think that my kids should respond differently. What's wrong with them, right? Why is it? It's crazy, isn't it? This is what I want you to know, and I'm going to jump right into 1 Corinthians 13, and we're going to end this sermon series, Love, Sex, and Dating, with a bang, and it's awesome. It ends so well. One thing I need you to know before we move on, God made you more. Look right here. God made you to be so much more than you believe about yourself. God made you to be more than a conqueror for those who are in Christ Jesus. And everything that you struggle with, that you believe you're defeated in and you cannot overcome, he has. Not, not he could, he might. He has overcome. The song we just sang and we sang hallelujah and it was amazing. He has already done it. 
And so you can be more than you think you can be because of him who is in you, not because of what you do. And you don't have to mature on your own. He's going to raise you up to a new life and put you through. And so in looking back at what we are now and what we used to be, or today for some of you, what you currently are, there is amazing news and it's Jesus. And that is truly understanding love and this whole thing with relationships and the title of the message, I think, is just boys to men. You know, like back in the day, boys to men, A, B, C, B, B, D, who remembers? Like back in the day, right? That's what we want to happen. Ladies and men to stand up and walk out. And I don't care if you're 13 or 11, you can be a man in this way more than some of the people's parents and adults in this room because you can be raised to life. So will you turn with me, 1 Corinthians 13. Listen, if you don't have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, if you don't own it, we're going to give you one if you'll go to the back at the end of the service. We, we want every single person to have a Bible. Seriously, if you don't own one, will you just go back there and say, Pastor said, I, I can just come get one. It's our gift. We want everyone to have one. If you got your tablet, phone, whatever you follow it along with me, take notes because I'm telling you, you're going to get something. 1 Corinthians 13, and this is the end. This is the end of the chapter. This is what it says. Now get this. Remember me throwing eggs? When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, and I threw eggs and acted like an idiot and did everything that we do and wouldn't shut up in class, just like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. When I grew up, I grew up. Here's something, honest to God, this happened this week. Thursday morning, first of all, background, every morning I, I watch my boy, I get him ready, he is three. He's Curious George, all right? If you haven't met him, he talks like him. It's amazing. I don't know how you do it, but like he watches him and he becomes him. It's unbelievable. I'm the bar. And I'm like, stop, bro. Stop climbing over things and stop sounding like that. And he's the coolest kid ever. For I love that dude. And he's got like a routine. So I get up a certain time and he's like an alarm clock because I'm already up and dressed and ready to go. And then he wakes up and he's happy. Daddy, I need you. And I'll come in and say, good morning, daddy. Like he's always, it's crazy. He's happy every morning. And I'm not <laughs> always happy. Praise the Lord. So like I walk in and he, and I'm probably sad about something or something happened. And I'm, and he does that and you just got to smile. And so Thursday, just about the same time, 730, I'm rocking and rolling. I'm ready to go. And he says, daddy, I have emergency. Now, emergency is spelled with an M, not an E. Daddy, it's emergency. I need you. And I'm like, if dude knows what emergency is. This can't be good, right? So I walk into the room, open the door. Daddy, this is bad. I need you. I need you to picture this, okay? Hastings not fully potty trained. God help us. He just turned three. I have literally offered him everything. His birthright at three. You know what I mean? Like everything. He loves Tootsie Rolls. I'm like, bro, I'll give you 50 all at once. We won't tell your mommy if you'll just poo-poo in the potty, right? I mean, it's anything you want. And it's just like, if you're a parent and you've never thought, for real, my life, you know what I mean? Like, this is crazy. He's standing there and he's naked, head to toe. No socks, no pants, no undies, no shirt, just naked. And when you walk in and there's a three-year-old and you look like this, door opens and you look straight ahead of his bed and he's naked, the first thing you think is, anyone that didn't say, uh-oh, never had a kid, <laughs> You actually think a cuss word, but I'm more holy than you, and I don't think the same thing that you think, okay? That's just being honest. 
Right? That's y'all. That's, that would never be me. Okay. So I look in and then I think that. And then I see that. Y'all with me yet? Dude has taken his clothes off and popped a squat and dropped a deuce right there on his bed. And there is a fresh pile of fecal matter on the sheets. I took a picture. I want y'all to know this. I should have thrown it on the screen, but it's a little bit gross, so I didn't. And I texted it to Leah, and I put, blank happened, smiley face. And y'all st- need to stop thinking about cuss words, because I said poof happens, okay? <clears throat> I did spell it with a C, if that makes it better, but anyway, don't, don't judge me. But I was just like, bro, for real? You just pooped in your bed and you knew to take your clothes off and you knew to squat down because it couldn't just happen, I, I hope, and he didn't have it anywhere. And I was like, how did all this happen? And I'm trying to clean him up and I'm like, you're not even dirty. And there's poop in your bed. <laughs> That's like, if you're ever wanting to be close to the Holy Spirit, just let that happen because I'm just praying, let me not do something that I regret. Thank you for letting me pick this poop up right now. It's awesome, right? So I pick it up and put it in. This is what I, I thought two things during the day. I didn't think it right then. I just thought, let's get this dude out of here and take him to grandma's. Cause I t- <laughs> this is what I thought first. I was sitting in my office and I was laughing and I, was, I told Austin about it. And I told um, Leah, I sent her a picture and she was like, OMG, that is hilarious. I'm glad it was you, you know? And I thought... <laughs> what if we went on a mission trip together, whoever you are? And I don't care if you're the youngest dude in this room. If I'm rooming with you and it's not my wife who we have our own rendezvous room, like if it's one of y'all and you're with me, someone needs to say amen. If y'all poop in the bed beside me, I'm not okay with it. Are y'all with me? Like if I'm looking and y'all drop the deuce right there beside me and you don't go to the bathroom, no one is cool with that because we are big boys and girls and we go to the potty, right? You know what I mean? Like I, and I was just laughing. I was sitting in the room and said, that's just hilarious to even think about. Why is this not hilarious to think about? Why is it not hilarious to say that I have stopped reasoning like a child when it comes to my sexuality? And stop believing that I can justify the things that I do. Casual sex is okay, Pastor Mark, because, because like everybody's doing that and it's really okay. It's not okay. You are literally robbing yourself of the, what God intended you to be. God intended you to be more than conquerors. And he made you special and beautifully and wonderfully. And he made you to give yourself over to your spouse as the picture of salvation when two become one flesh. On the day of your wedding... And it is amazing. What a gift from God that we have. Sex is not a problem. Sex is not the reason. Sex is a beautiful, wonderful thing that I happen to really like with my wife. But we reason like children and say, that's old-fashioned, Pastor Mark. No, sir. That's celebrating poop in the bed. It's celebrating poo in the bed, thinking that it's okay. And I'm serious, and I know that's kind of crude, but it really is celebrating the eggs and celebrating all that other thing and thinking, it's not that big of a deal. Men, I'm just going to go a little deeper, so hang with me. When you walk into a room, and I've been there back in the day, listen, I remember this, but it was wrong. It was wrong then, and it's wrong now. When you walk into a room and you begin to scan the room and see what kind of meat is in the room so you can see the the buffet and think, "Mm mm-hmm, that's me. I, yep. That's someone's daughter, man. You know what I mean? 
Like that's someone's daughter. And if it's not someone's daughter because their daddies have gone to be with the Lord or, or died before, they could trust the Lord. That's the daughter of the king of the universe who created them and made them wonderfully and specially. And whether it's on your computer or whether it's when you walk into the room, it's time for boys to sit down and men to stand up and say, I am a follower of the king of the universe. And I will, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, for every person that's a Christian in here, that should not be a suggestion. It should be, bro, (laughs) that's not acceptable. You can't poo in the bed. You know what I mean? Like, that's weird. And we laugh. Well, it's the same thing. And then back to this, like, for real, we treat our spouses without that agape, unconditional love that we just, we've given all of ourselves to them. So stay with me. I'm not mad at you. This is not an angry message. This is a fun message, okay? Some of you are married and something really bad happened in your marriage and you've never forgiven your husband or your wife. I mean, adultery. I mean, 15 years ago, they hit you. And they're doing their dangest to try to get better and try to let the Holy Spirit change them, and you've never let them forget it. Stop trying to hope that they'll get better if you hold it over their head like a carrot all the time and think that it helps anything. It's not ever going to help. And listen, when our lives, married people like me, when our lives do not reflect what we are asking our children to do, we need to stop asking this question because it's really like questioning why would a three-year-old who is yet to be potty trained Use the bathroom in his bed. It's kind of obvious. He's not ready yet. We are teaching our children to continue to be children because we act like children in our homes. Y'all can write that down because that's good. We are teaching our children to continue to be because that's how we act. Point, point if y'all need one. We say, kids don't fight, right? Y'all have done that. If y'all haven't, praise God, your kids don't fight, right? But we're driving down the road and I'll turn this car around right now, boy, and I'll get you to hind end. If y'all haven't done that, y'all don't spank and that's awesome, I spank. Don't judge me, okay? But we say that and maybe y'all have never had to discipline your kids and I think there should have been a lot of amens. But here's what we don't do. Mommy and daddy have much different personality types, you know? But we really love each other with unconditional love. And when each other screws up, we tell them. So here's what we practice. And Lee and I are not always a good example at this. But here's what we are a good example at. We apologize to our kids all the time. We teach our kids when we screw up, we want you to know that we screwed up. I wish I could say I'm a really good example on the other end and we never fight. I'm pretty sure if you have blood that flows, so you're not weakened at Bernie's and like... Um, and, and you have, like, oxygen still going. You know what I mean? Like, you, you tick. You're going to fight sometimes. I mean, maybe you won't, but we're going to fight sometimes. And the key is not to never fight or to be perfect. You can't be. The key is to be submissive to the Lord and teach them how to act. We, it can never happen if we're not complete in him. Like we try so hard, Pastor Mark, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to change. I'm going to stop looking at that bad stuff. It's not the bad stuff that makes you the way you are. It's your nature and the bad stuff because you go to it. And the fact that you are not whole and his purpose is to make you whole. And listen, the reason so many people in here and out there and everywhere are immature is not because you desire to be spiritually and with love. It's because we've never given up our childish ways. And in selfishness, we cling to the things that we love the most and the idols in our lives, and we've raised them up to be huge. And it can even be, by the way, 
love and sex. The people that you love the most, the person you're dating right now that you've elevated so high and you say, man, that's the one. Praise God. That's awesome. Being married is stinking incredible. But if that's the only thing you can ever think about, Jesus is not completing you because he's just a tiny part of you. And you can never give them all of you if you haven't first given yourself all to Jesus. Or some of you, it's your kids, and every minute of every day is devoted to your kids, and you forget all about your spouse, and more importantly, you forget all about your Lord. And then you wonder, why is my relationship with my spouse so crazy right now? And it's because you've elevated in the wrong way that God intended that he is first. If you are 11 or if you're 75, it doesn't matter. He is first. No matter where he's put you in this planet, no matter if you're married, single, not even thinking about dating, God is a, has a special place for you. And it's hard to remember that. You know why? Because in everything, we believe it's smart to reason like an adult, except for in the ways of love and in the ways of sex and in the ways of the spiritual life. And then this is what he goes on to say. And I think this is the reason. Watch. For now... We see a mirror dimly. Some of y'all need that verse. You just need to circle that and say, thank God the mirror's dim so I don't have to look at myself, right? Because this might be just all that I need because sometimes when I walk in, I'm like, oh my goodness, right? But, but let me tell you what this means. A lot of people say seeing is believing, right? Y'all have heard that? Seeing is believing. Seeing is believing. And, and we're holding on to something because we don't quite believe that Jesus is everything, that Jesus is my completion, that he's all that I need. And it's because I don't quite see it. I can't see it. Pastor Mark, if I could just see it, I would believe it. And if I would have walked in Bible days, I would have believed it. Here's why that is shenanigans, okay? Here's why that's false. Hebrews chapter 11 says that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot and we walk by faith and not by sight. So doubt is not the enemy of faith. It is sight. It, or, more importantly, the need to see. I have to see to believe. Because truthfully, I've never placed my trust in him when this is me. When I need to see. Because right now, listen, this is what this is saying. You're never going to fully see everything. But then face to face, what's that mean? When I meet Jesus face to face, everything that I couldn't see before, I can then see. So when he returns... Or when you pass, and I know that's a sad day and we should cry, but the Bible actually says that we should celebrate when people die and they know Jesus, and we should cry when they come into the earth because they're going to have these hard lives that they've got to live where it's up and down and difficult. And listen, when we see him face to face, all that stuff that we wish we knew, we will, but we have to stop wanting to know it all. We have to stop needing to know it all for maturity to happen. It's never going to happen. You can literally from, from this point, right this second, to the rest of your life, study the Bible, and you can learn so much, and it's amazing. That's my favorite thing in the world to do, learn new things. And I can't scratch the surface. Listen, cannot scratch the surface in how much you need to know about Jesus. And I just find this fascinating. John 20, 31 says, and this is like a review of the whole book of John, except for 21, which sits on its own. He says, these are written that you might believe in Christ, the Son of God, and by believing... You can have new life in his name. And notice, he doesn't say, so seeing is believing. See, I know I wrote these down, but seeing is believing. And just before that, this is what he said. If I wrote down everything there was to know, all the books that it will ever be written could not contain them. If I wrote down everything that you want to, to know everything about God, so then you can make a calculated reason if God is real or not, it can't happen. But I wrote these down so that you could understand enough of the miracles that God did when he was on this planet. 
and by the light bulb coming on because you realize it's not with sight, but with a step in hope in him that you can have life in his name. And then I shall know fully, even as I have been known fully. So listen, Jesus, this is really good, knows each and every one of you fully because he made you fearfully and wonderfully, and he calls you by name and knows the hairs on your head, every one of you, with no exception. The question is, have you trusted him? And he, he talks with you every day and walks with you every day. Is he, is he truly your Savior, where you've made him over your life so there's nothing over you, nothing above it? He's not part of you. He has completed you. He is your Savior and your Lord. And listen, you tell on yourself. Look right here. Look right here. You tell on yourself. I'm not judging anybody. I don't watch the way you live. I'm not talking about me, okay? You tell on yourself if he's everything or if he's just something or if he's just a spoke in the whole wheel or a peg. But if he's the center, the foundation, the cornerstone of your life, man, it shows because he knows me fully because he, he has taken me a hold and loves me completely. Verse 13 says, so now, don't miss this, faith and hope and love abide in these like a, like a belt, a three-way stool that we stand on, and it cannot be tipped over. It's the, it's the foundation of what we are in these three things, but the greatest of all of these three is love. I want to tell you why. This is the close, so y'all listen. <clears throat> Through all this crazy stuff and having fun and poo and all that other stuff, here's the deal, okay? Most of us most of us struggle, regardless of age, to be mature followers of Jesus Christ, where we've put down the bottle and we've started taking a little cereal, a little rice cereal, you know, and you, you take the steps and it's oatmeal and then it's that really yummy stuff that you feed your kids and it comes out the way that it comes in, you know, the baby food, and then you, then you work your way up and my kids eat what you eat and what I eat now is crazy. And he's still little, and we have to chop it up a little bit, and we got to make sure he chews it. But as we grow, we can handle a ribeye, praise the Lord Jesus, or something like that, because we grow and mature. This is why it doesn't happen. Listen, whenever you say, and friends that have been kind of hanging in there with me that are lost, this is for you. You don't know Jesus, and you're not sure. This is for you. Listen, whenever we say, I want peace, you know what I mean? I shared this with some of our leaders this week and thought it was amazing. I read it Thursday morning. I want peace. I wish I could find peace. It would be so cool if my life had peace. And we read about Jesus saying peace, and we're like, yes, I want that. Jesus spoke in a language other than English. And I know that was another breakthrough for y'all because that's like, thank God, that's awesome. I didn't know he didn't speak English. He does on the movies, right? So I thought it was English. He spoke in Aramaic most of the time, sometimes Hebrew, ancient Hebrew. I believe he even spoke Greek and Latin based on the people that he communicated with. And in this case, he would have been speaking to his people. And it's the word, Salom, Salom. But he said, today in Hebrew, it's Shalom. Some of y'all have seen that on signs before. When we're in Israel, the couple times that we've been every day, our guide gets on the bus and goes, Shalom, everybody, Shalom, with a microphone just like this. Shalom, everybody, Shalom. And we'd say, Shalom. He said, very good, Shalom. And then he'd start. And I just always thought it was hello, right? Hello, hello. It's actually a greeting, 
but it's a, it's a gift that I give to you, wishing you wellness and wholeness, and prosperity, because, listen, listen, of your completeness, and as a result, you have peace. And it always points to the Lord. It's awesome. You know, we know Israel is God's chosen people back in the Old Testament. And we are his people now because of Jesus, because we've trusted him. But here's the deal. Don't miss this. Please, please, please. If you haven't listened yet, listen now. Many of you, this is your life's testimony up until this point. But understanding the foundation that we stand on is not it because you've been abused when you were young or something happened to you and you look back and you cannot feel that you can be complete. You cannot feel that you can be whole in your life, that someone can make all things new. But Jesus came to make all things new. And listen, this is what he says. And Paul said in Colossians that Jesus holds all things together and that means he binds that heart of yours, that soul, that deep crevice in your life that is so wounded and opened. Whatever happened as a child or last week, it doesn't matter. And he pulls it all together. And this is how he does it. This is how he does it. 2,000 years ago, this is what we celebrate today. We didn't say anything about Palm Sunday, but this is what Palm Sunday is. I love standing on top of the Mount of Olives when I'm there's one of my favorite spots because you realize that at the very top of that mountain, Jesus came from behind where you are in Bethany and came over this ridge and there's a road that leads down to the Garden of Gethsemane and through the Kidron Valley and then up and you're in Jerusalem. And when he came, don't miss this, when he came, they had these massive palm branches, really big, and you only did that to royalty and you waved and this is what they, what did they, what did they shout? What did they shout? Y'all know what that means? God save us. God save us. King save us. King save us. That's what we need to yell today, but not like they did. Listen, listen, don't miss. This is what we've yelled, much like they yelled. Lord save us so I can do, listen, so I can do what I want to do the rest of my life. And I can do my thing and I can just be all on my own and I can have my get out of hell free card or whatever it is. That's grace, right? It's amazing. I get to do what I want to do forever. That's freedom. No, you said on my terms, listen, on my terms, I want God to come in my life and then I want to do my thing. But he's not the Lord of your life. So he's never made completeness happen. And the reason the immaturity happens in faith, hope, and love, we don't abide in these three things is He's never made all things new in our lives. We've never been fully captured by grace and what grace really is in our lives because He is my completion. It is not what I do standing up here that completes my life. It's not what fulfills me. It is Jesus and Jesus alone because He loves me more than anyone ever could love me. Enough that He died. He walked in. Think about this. He walked in on that day that we celebrate right now knowing that in four days they would test and try him in illegal trials throughout the night, plucking his beard and punching him in the face, whipping him. And he would take the cross and the shame. But here's why you're complete. You ready? And he laid in a tomb that was borrowed from a dude named Joseph for a couple nights and three days because he had to defeat your death. Because in my own, I'm dead in my sin. That's what the Bible says that I am. Here's what it really means. You're empty 
you're alone, you're cold, you're dark, no matter how hard you work, you can never have a relationship with Jesus until he makes all things new, until he is your completion, until shalom, that peace comes into your life. And Jesus, when he laid in that tomb, he took all of your sin, no matter what you've done, no matter, you're like, Pastor Mark, you just don't understand what I've done. He's got it. He took it all. And so listen, regardless of your background, where you come from, if you're a guest with us or if you've been with us forever, salvation is not God save me so I can do whatever I want to do for the rest of my life. It is. I don't understand, God, why you look down on me knowing everything that I've done and you offer me the right to be your son. God looks at me and sees Jesus because I'm clothed in him. This is what I tell Laney. Every time I pray over her when I'm up in the morning with Leah and Laney, I say, baby, you remember, we love people, we honor people because we're pangles, but more importantly, because we're Jesus' children. Now, what if we really thought that, that you're the child of the Most High God and he looks at you and says, I love you, you're my daughter, you're my son. Guys, you'll never, ever, ever feel like your heart that is a wreck will be whole until you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. And today, our offering to you is to do something similar that many of us have done in the past or last week and say, Jesus, I'm empty, I'm alone, and I need you to make all things new in my life today. I want to be rescued, and I want you to be my completion. The only wellness that I can have in my life is not millions, it's Jesus. The only completeness I can have in my life is Him finally completing me. And I want you to be Lord of my life, not part of my life, but everything. The start and the finish, the first and the last, so that I can really love my wife like you call her, really love my husband, or find that Mr. Wrong, Mr. Right, because I become Miss Right because of Jesus. And all it is is just saying, God, save me. Just like they were saying, Hosanna. But what the difference is, I don't want something for me. I want salvation to come to me because of what he did for me. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? I'm just going to ask you to keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. And what I want you to do, and listen carefully, keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. There's nothing magic about a prayer. God does not save anything but your soul when you say yes to him and in your heart. You confess, and this is why we have hope. I want you to hear this, and I want you to just concentrate. Don't fall asleep. Concentrate. Hope is not a hope so. Hope is a firm foundation in Jesus Christ because he came and saved me. Faith is stepping out on that solid rock that's name is Jesus. And love is because he first loved us, and that is when you have the foundation in your life. And so what I want you to do is just pray with me right now in your heart, Lord Jesus. I'm broken, I'm empty inside, and I'm alone and cold and dark. And God, for so long I've believed if I try harder, things will get better. But what I realize is, it'll never get better. Because ultimately I fall back into what I am. And Lord, I know I'll screw up again. But from this day forward, I'm yours. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross. I believe with everything that is in me, that, you're our, that you are who you say you are. Not because I can see everything, but because seeing is not believing. Knowing Jesus personally like you know me, I give you my life. Keep your heads down if you will. Here's what I want you to do so I can pray with you, 
so I can pray with you and know for sure what has happened. I'm asking you to be as bold as you can right now. I just want you in just a second when I count to three to throw your hand up as high as you can. In the first service we had two. I believe there's going to be much more than that right now. But you do not let anything hold you back because I just want to know that I can pray for you right now. I can pray for you that you just made the greatest decision you'll ever make because completeness has come to your house today and you can have hope in the Lord. It is not I hope so, it's a no so. If that is you and for the first time ever you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can so I can pray with you. One, two, three. Throw them up wherever you are in the room. Thank you. Keep it up. Keep it up as high as you can. Who else? We have one person bold enough to raise their hand. Who else will raise their hand and say, that's me? Keep your hand up. I saw you in the back. Keep your hand up right here in the front. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up as high as you can for me. As high as you can. As high as you can. Keep your hand up. There's three, there's three people right here that have their hands up. Anyone else? Throw your hands up. All I want to do is be able to pray. Hey, I want you to look this way if that was you. If that was you that had your hands up and you raised your hand, I just want you to look at me because I want to tell you something. This is the single greatest thing that you'll ever do in your life because it's not magic and it's not a wand. It's the Lord Jesus taking you who was lost and broken and finding you and pulling you in and hugging you and saying, I'm making all things new. It's taking what is incomplete and making you complete because of him. It's taking what was dead and raising it to life. And this is what I have to ask you for, Points Church, with everybody looking this way. If you will scream at the top of your lungs because of a football game, or you will scream at the top of your lungs because of something else, the angels in heaven right now are celebrating and rejoicing. And I don't care what you think about celebrating. I think we should stand to our feet and acknowledge what the Lord Jesus has done. Stand up and celebrate what Jesus just did by saving people and by raising people to life right now. Let's celebrate together and sing.